Hey guys, welcome back to We Watch Movie. I'm Mike. I'm Jay. And it's been a while, but we have a new horror profiles for you. Oh fuck yeah! I can't wait. I'm the man. I've got the Crisco ready. Comes Let's around. get buttered up. Taking names. Oh shit. I'm here to eat ass and chew gum. <laughs> Now this is a show where we get awkwardly deep inside of horror, small characters, big characters. This is a smallish character, but he ends up having a whole lot to do with everything that takes place in the Halloween franchise and literally derailed the franchise into an entire new generation. Some for the good, some for the bad, much like Sex Life for All of Us. Yeah, we're not just going to go through the Man in Black, but we're also going to talk about the Cult of Thorn, what it means and who's actually involved the in it. The Cult of Personality. Put on your white shoes and let's get to the spaceship and kill ourselves. Shut the fuck up and, and dance. The Man in Black officially appears in Halloween, the original Halloween, which we'll get to, we'll explain. But he also appears in Halloween 5, The Revenge of Michael Myers, Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers, and mainly, more than any other, in Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers, Producer's Cut. Oh. That's where shit gets real fucked up, I Jim. don't like that sign. Oh, yeah, it gets dark. I want to turn left on the interstate. <laughs> when you think of the infamous uh, Halloween character, the Man in Black, your mind will immediately travel to Halloween 5 when a mysterious character shows up mid-film. I was not thinking of Johnny Cash. He steps off a bus in steel-toed cowboy boots, kicks a puppy, <laughs> and moves on about his day. We never see his face, and we're instantly intrigued as to what holy in the holy fuck is going on in this awful Halloween film, and why won't Michael Myers tuck in his goddamn mask? Again, there's two things about this. That was obviously Alan Jackson stepping off the <laughs> fucking bus and he kicked the dog he's like I don't know what my next goddamn hit's gonna be or Travis Tree <laughs> and Travis Tree also but and the reason why Michael's not gonna tuck his fucking mask in because it was a gift to him from Travis Tree he said don't ever tuck it in Michael. if you tuck that shit in you gay and real men let it hang out let it hang Lucy, out what y'all think tucked in tucked out that's what I thought that's what I thought <laughs> <laughs> now in Halloween 6 the curse of Michael Myers which we'll get to the man in black finally reveals himself eventually to be none other than Smith Grove's administrator Dr. Terrence Wynn Bum, bum, bum. He also could have played Matlock. <laughs> he does look like Matlock. <laughs> he does, man. He actually, though, makes his first appearance in 1978's Halloween. Dr. Terrence Wynn does. And he was played by Robert Fallon. You first see him appear on screen. He's getting bitched out by uh, Dr. Loomis for letting Michael Myers escape. Yeah, he, Michael, Loomis was giving him all the fucking... He's like... Uh, he goes, it wasn't stopping 10 y'all got Who dresses you? Von Burgundy! It ties right back to it, just much like in the way that Sartain did in Halloween 2018. You get this sense that he definitely is the reason that is the person who let Michael out in the original film. He yeah. let all of them out. And that's why Michael's outside of fucking Smith's Grove playing Door the Explorer, <laughs> just looking around and shit. Where's and the fucking car? And you know, Lewis would have been the grumpy troll in that situation. <laughs> so you cannot pass. He looked like he looked like uh, Michael Myers in that scene. Always reminded me of a 20 or no, like an 18 year old. Like I'm gonna sneak out of the house and no one's gonna know. And they got caught by the disapproving uncle. Cool. It's like, fuck! <laughs> now, after that scene, the next time we see him uh, is the aforementioned Halloween 5 bus scene uh, where he steps off the bus. It was October 31st, 1989. Don't call it a comeback! <laughs> <laughs> Turn up, Mac. Once again. He steps out of the bus in front of the same store in Halloween 4 where Jamie and Rachel went Halloween shopping. Mm -hmm. that's a, that's a, oh, that's, yeah, that's a, that is a cool little... Yeah, it's a crazy little throwback there. Um, Don Shanks is the guy who played Michael in Halloween 5, but he also is the man who played the man in black when he stepped off the bus in that scene. Now, that's because originally the director of Halloween 5 had no idea 
what the fuck the Man yeah, in they, Black was, what the Cult yeah. of Thorn meant, none of it. He was just fucking going with it, and he felt like his movie needed some more mystery. It needed something, because it sucks shit, and Michael didn't tuck in his goddamn mask, so he just threw the Man in Black in. Now, uh, Don Shanks was actually told, and a lot of people on set thought that the Man in Black was eventually going to be revealed as Michael's evil twin brother. Oh, fuck that! <laughs> it would have been like Kane in The Undertaker. Oh, my God. Doc Lewis would have been Paul Bear. He'd be like, Kane! <laughs> Do you know what you're doing? <laughs> <laughs> but no, it didn't end up being that. They, they, no one knew what it was at this point. It had no I don't it think, had no story. I, I don't think they even knew. As an audience, we do learn that the man in black has a thorn cult tattoo, similar to the one that we noticed Michael was nursed back to life by, by a sexy nurse who ended up banging in a dojo. Oh, oh wait a minute. That was hard to kill. Oh, shit. It's a different <laughs> oh, yeah, movie. I like that. Yeah, yeah, do you like that? <laughs> no, uh, Michael's actually brought back to life by a weird hobo who lived in a sea shanty at the beginning of Halloween 5, next to an Illinois river after being shot to smithereens at the end of Halloween 4. See, sometimes those uh, train track hobos can be dangerous, or they can be helpful. You never know. I feel like it was like Red Dead Redemption 2. It's like you might find somebody that's helpful to you, but even though they look a little shitty. <laughs> now, originally, the guy, the, the, the old man by the sea, he was originally supposed Salty to Salty Doll Cafe founders. <laughs> <laughs> he was originally supposed to be played by a younger man and he was supposed to be like obsessed with the occult his name was Dr. Death and he had wow. runes he had the goddamn runes in his little shanty and he listened to Judas Priest all the time yeah he had a fucking Ouija board and all this shit but that idea was scrapped for fucking Uncle Polly and his goddamn parrot I felt bad for that guy every, every time I see him well not really because he was asking for it like you found this half dead man floating down the fucking river and you're like I'm gonna nurse him back to help because I'm a Christian he's got a mask and he's covered in blood and what I, could go wrong I have a parrot he, I bet he was into Captain Morgan hard <laughs> now when that guy's bringing Michael back to life as we mentioned that's when you first see the cult of thorn tattoo on michael's wrist and it's weirdly underlaid by some wonder woman art and chalk uh, yes. on the brick i don't understand wonder why. woman now after this the next time that we see the men in black man in black is after michael it's was tommy lee jones here comes the man, man in black man in black uh, 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 but the next time we see him is after michael's been apprehended by the haddonfield police when they inexplicably put him in a fucking jail cell still wearing his mask i don't know if you guys know this or if you've ever been to jail or not but it's typically against protocol to put a serial killer in jail while still wearing his mask i would think so they wouldn't even let you wear like a fucking undershirt in there they take your shit and strip you down and say you know cough now all this was after uh, after we saw Loomis tranquilize and beat the shit out of Michael with a two by four. Like the bitch he is. <laughs> Michael hates drinks in his butt. Yeah, that shot is inside the jail, jail cell. So sad. He's like, could I charge my phone? He does. He, he just kept like like rocking back and forth. Like, no, they don't. They don't serve breakfast at eleven o'clock in the morning at McDonald's anymore. They don't do it. So the next time we actually see the man in black is when he comes to bust Michael out of the jail. He comes around the corner looking like the Wrangler. Demon. <laughs> it does look cool though. That scene was cool. It looked like Dick Tracy shit when he was like shooting up stuff and it had that red background. Like, <laughs> I was like, fuck yeah, Dick Tracy. The whole idea is I think that the director knew like my movie sucks, so I'm gonna end this movie because it ends with the man in black standing there shooting up people and then Jamie comes up sees that Michael's escaped and starts crying um, and, and the movie ends there the whole idea was to bring people back in with this twist mystery box fucking ending but it left the studio and everybody without going who's the man in black and what do we do with it I don't what know I don't do know do what's happening I, I think yeah. me and my brother were so stupid one day was like what if it's Freddy Krueger <laughs> what if it's Robert England <laughs> all right so here's where it gets really really fucked up this is this comes this a holy shit bag of fucking yeah, confusion weird. and controversy the next time we see the man in black is how Halloween 6. Now, now, uh, the Akkads, the entire franchise runners, were so confused with what to do, no one could fucking write a script that matched up with this mysterious man in black character and how Halloween 5 ended. They ended up turning to fan... Fan! 
And Daniel Farns. That's awesome, though. Yeah, I That's love that. That's fucking great. I love that. And as much shit as people are going to give Daniel Farns for Halloween 6 and the problems that it inserted. He was a fan, dude. He's not, he's not like classically trained writer or went to any kind of Juilliard school. That motherfucker was like, I love Halloween and I'm going to save you from yourself, you son of a bitches. Exactly, dude. And and Paul Freeman, the producer of the film, and the director, um, uh, the director Joseph Chappelle of Halloween 6, they both got together and they, they fucking cut his script to shit. He, he came in there with an entire notebook because he was such a fan of the franchise. He's like the fucking, uh, the, the grill notebook from the last crusade. <laughs> he looked at the, he looked at the Only the penitent men. <laughs> he looked at the Cult of Thorn symbol from Halloween 5. Did all the research for it. Had an entire notebook full of research on the awesome. Cult of Thorn, what it meant, the runes, all this shit like that. And managed to write a script that somehow tied together every single movie of the Halloween franchise from the first movie to where we currently stand to with the crazy man in black storyline <laughs> and left it room for future sequels to, to grow. Now, some of the ideas that he did we might not have liked, but again, you have to remember, director Joe Chappelle did several things with this movie. Him and the producer, they chopped up his script, they, they, they changed a million things in it, and... And Joe Chappelle was known to be on set saying things like, uh, he doesn't even like the Halloween franchise. He's only doing this because Miramax gave him a three-picture deal. And then if you follow up on that... It's like a three-picture suck of a dick. How about that? Joe Chappelle ended up doing three pictures with Miramax. Uh -huh. So that adds to that rumor. Not only that, but the reason you see so much of Dr. Loomis cut out of the theatrical cut that the Weinsteins end up getting involved with is because it was rumored that Joe Chappelle found Dr. Loomis and the character boring. Well, a lot of women... Probably thought his dick was boring. Fuck so, that man! If it's that's fine. Don't let myself to give a shit. You know why? Because I look down at you and I say, you couldn't even make never-ending story. <laughs> give him the chance. <laughs> What we're going to get into is there's two different storylines that follow the Man in Black here. There's the producer's cut and the theatrical cut. Most of the Man in Black and the Cult of Thorn storyline will follow what happens in the producer's mm -hmm. cut, but we'll get to both. So first off, let's get into finally the Cult of Thorn, what it means, all that shit. The Cult of Thorn is an easy tattoo for anyone to get at whatever tattoo shop's minimum pricing is, and that's the best it look, thing. It about. looks like a sailboat going down. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get one with a piece of pizza in the middle, but I haven't been able to formulate it. Maybe a breadstick and a piece out of There you go. And, and Little Caesar's guy. Oh, yeah, pizza, pizza. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the, the, the Thorn Curse itself was a constellation of the stars that would appear during Samhain in the Druid times. The Druids would come, uh, they would choose a family to bear the curse, giving one member of the family immortality, crazy evil powers, but also forcing them to use these powers to murder their entire family on the night of Samhain as a sacrifice to keep the cult alive. So what you're saying is, this is the same constellation they preyed on in Michael Jackson's family. <laughs> yes. He killed the Jackson Five. He was the one. You are the world, and we are the world. That's the song they sacrificed, they sang at the sacrifice. We are the future. At the special sacrifice dinner. Do uh, not be off of my feet now, baby. <laughs> thorn, 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 the thorn, thorn. Did I come and me one go home? <laughs> so, now the Cult of Thorn, uh, they've continued practicing, practicing all this banana shit stuff into the present day, which explains why Michael's been killing his family for the past five fits. That's not a bad idea. No, I mean, if you're not, gonna, if you're gonna, I mean, I don't like the idea that Michael has motive and he has a reason or for an doing Yeah, I mean, but if you're gonna have, again, it was such a clusterfuck with Halloween 5, they had to do something. So at this point, fuck it. The thing with Michael origin stories is, is that sometimes they can be done decently, sometimes they can be done well, but in the end, nobody really mm -hmm. likes them because what's scariest about Michael is you don't know why that's the best does. Part, yeah. But as far as having to create an origin story go, Goes, that's not a bad idea. So in the producer's cut of the film, the cult's plan, and this is this is fucking really crazy, nice, right? Yeah. You ready for this shit? Shit's going good. Fucked up. You guys ready for that? Get fucked up. 
get some coke um, in your nose. <laughs> and the producer cut of the film, the cult's plan is to pass the curse uh, from Michael to a young boy named Danny, who we meet in Halloween 6. Kill for him, Danny. No. Uh, in order to do so, however, they need the blood of an innocent member of the curse family to complete the ritual. The cult plans to accomplish this by capturing Jamie, who was a grown-up little girl in the movie, not the same, not Danielle Harris, even though it should have been. Yeah. Uh, their plan is to capture her, force Michael to impregnate her, <laughs> and then using the by using the blood sacrifice of the innocent resulting baby, they wanted to complete the transmission the transition from Michael to Danny. To capture Jamie at the end of Halloween 5, you see them uh, in, in a re reimagination of what happened in the Halloween 5. You hear the guy calling out to Jamie. You imagine that they take Jamie, and that's when they kidnap her when she's that age. They keep her for all this time. You see Michael getting pushed into a white van, and the man in black is running all of this shit while it's going on. So their whole plan, have Michael sex up Jamie. He's like Ric Flair. Yeah. <laughs> Create an innocent baby because they need the blood of an innocent person in the family. Once they get that blood, they're going to use it to take the soul. And no one knows why, why are they going to do that? I don't know. But they're going to place the curse from Michael to little Danny. I feel like, oh it's Lord, I've gone cross-eyed. It's the cult's whole plan in the producer's cut. Fuck. The cult itself, as far as the producer's cut goes, is made up of multiple Haddonfield residents that you see throughout the film in different scenarios. This is kind of cool, actually. The bus attendant, mm -hmm. when uh, Paul Rudd runs up to the bus attendant, he's like, there's a train left, or whatever the fuck oh, he yeah. said, um, before he finds baby Steven. The sheriff at Jamie's crime scene mm. is actually a member of the cult. The doctor who performs Jamie's autopsy, uh, he also is the one to later on knock Dr. Loomis out while uh, Dr. Wynn reveals himself to him. I wasn't knocked out, I slept. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Wynn's secretary ends up being a member of the call, yeah. and of course, old Mrs. Blankenship with her crusty ass panties. Son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> All you do is break her hip, you'd be done. <laughs> All these people, the, the way you find out they're in the cult is towards, you see them throughout the movie, and then at the very end of the movie, pretty cool tie-in, when they're doing the ritual and everybody's standing there in their robes, you see these people, like, standing in the audience. Mm -hmm. So, like, Haddonfield is ran by the man in black underneath Smith's Grove with this fucking crazy cult. It's all happening right there. It in sounds the like The Punisher Season 3. It does. <laughs> Alright, so getting back to specifically the man in black, uh, the man in black, he's solely responsible for many of the shenanigans taking place in both versions of the film. And writing great songs. Oh, yeah. He shows up as Dr. Wynn early in the film, uh, as you know, to try to talk Dr. Loomis out of retirement. Not dead, just very much retired. God damn! Uh, his real hope, however, is to have Loomis join him and take over his spot in the cult. Uh, he's a perfect candidate, you know what I mean? Yeah, but Loomis would have been like, I don't want to stop this seconds! <laughs> <laughs> I'm oh. either number one or nothing! <laughs> in the producer's cut of Halloween 6, he's actually the one who kills Jamie. The man in black is the one who actually finishes Jamie off. Uh, she actually survives the initial Michael Myers barn attack, now, in the theatrical version, they wanted more gore, so you got that badass scene yeah, where he puts her on that thing scene, and it's yeah. like, go, 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 go. Oh <laughs> um, my god. In the original, she survives it, and uh, she's sitting in the hospital bed, and the man in black comes in, and he shoots her in the head with a silencer, and he's like, you've completed your purpose. I like that. I don't know. Not Lewis, well, I like what know. they kept in the film, though, because I like how Michael's attitude is when she's still like, you can't have the baby, Michael. And he was like, bitch, you ain't dead. <laughs> Give me the paper towel. God damn. I need to clean some shit. How's your intestines feeling? <laughs> but no, he comes in, he shoots her and, and he's like, you have fulfilled your purpose. Oh god, Shang Tsung. This is basically how you get fired. Oh uh, yes, it does happen. <laughs> you get a dark phone call and it's like seven days. Oh, you have fulfilled your purpose. You also see the man in black several times throughout Halloween 6 uh, trying to coax Danny in his dreams and his visions and whatever. Danny actually draws I wonder how he got the fuck out of the room. How the fuck did he get out of the room so I, fast? It was like in his dreams, I think. Well, I no, don't think I, it was actually there. 
You know, he well, just shows he, up and he's like, kill for him, Danny. I gotta go. That was a real specific dream. I have to return some videotapes. That kid is fucking asshole. <laughs> the man in black kidnaps uh, Danny, he kidnaps the baby, he kidnaps Kara, and uh, he takes him to Smith's Grove to, to, to complete the ritual. So, Loomis and Tommy are actually able to go there. Tommy frees them uh, in this crazy scene, and both scenes are actually different. Both chase scenes are yeah. different. Um, you've got one chase scene where, uh, in, in the producer's cut, Tommy's actually able to use the power of positive God rooms. damn. The I, power of I positive like rooms. I roll a 20. He stops Michael in his tracks. So he uses the fucking uh, marbles to fucking stop it's Michael. It's like in Monopoly when you when you ro uh, roll like uh, 12. <laughs> I can do anything! Yeah. So, so uh, well, he stops Michael by using this in a badass Terminator 2 uh, chase scene in both movies, I might add. I love that. Um, but he stops Michael using the power of the goddamn runes. The runes. Um, he stops and Michael's stuck there looking like he's in timeout in fifth grade. He's like, I don't know what to do with my hands. I <laughs> can't do? move. Loomis you escorts, gonna call yeah, Loomis escorts them out of the building and uh, and gets them to safety. And then he's like, I have some business to take care of. Loomis runs back down the hallway. <laughs> they find Michael laying down on the tile floor like he's in timeout at daycare. Just, that's how, that's what I was taking a nap. That's how Michael was like. He's like, you didn't see shit. <laughs> So tight. his eyes were still open. He was probably like, Michael, damn, you got bit by dice. Was <laughs> that easy? When Michael sees him there and he goes to take, he's like, Michael, fuck, what are you doing? You're being lazy. <laughs> he takes off his mask and it's fucking Doctor Wynn. And Doctor Wynn looks confused, like he just got drunk and passed out at his grandparents' nursing home. We always do that. Doctor Wynn grabs Doctor Loomis's hand, mm. and then you see Doctor Loomis turn around, look at his hand. The Cult of Thorn mysteriously appears on his hand, and Loomis screams, No, no, no. That's not the tattoo I wanted. <laughs> now at this moment, you. You see Michael walking down a hallway wearing the man in black's fucking robe outfit. He turns to the camera as if to say, Nike. <laughs> and yeah. then the fucking, uh, the movie ends with Dr. Loomis screaming. Can you imagine, by the way? I don't want that. Can you imagine Michael literally like knocking out Dr. Wynn and then taking off his clothes one by one and putting him on? Well, the thing is, it, it, it kind of reinforces the idea that Michael is smart. That kind of separates him from the other you know, big three, or not the big three, but just overall slashers. Uh, not obviously Freddy Krueger is smart, but separates him from like Leatherface and Jason, and, and be, he has a purpose and a reason for what he's doing, even though we don't know what that is. But he is smart enough to take the precautions to keep himself alive and keep moving forward. However, him knocking out Dr. Wynn and doing the whole fucking get up and putting on, like, yeah, in my mind, I'm thinking, like, did Michael go to the bathroom? It's like, this doesn't fit. Also, so the runes, this doesn't fit. The runes only stop you if you're wearing Michael's mask? I'm like, thinking, how the fuck did he escape like, the fucking circle of death? It's like having fucking Michael go to Dillard's, like, uh, like changing room and, like, a new shirt. Like, <laughs> when your Xbox gets those red rings, you're fucking done. You're dead. Nobody cheats the red rings you're of dead. death. It, it kind of felt like Season of the Witch in some way. It's like this a magical entity thing. And technically, if Michael's free of this curse now, what's he gonna, where's he going? Where's he going? To 7-Eleven. Is he gonna get a job at McDonald's? Subway Fowl. I can't wait to watch. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do Subway Fowl shape. I gotta see Hereditary. Finally. <laughs> Nick gonna get a job at the Subway Fowl shape. <laughs> like, where's Michael going? What's he doing? Is Loomis the new Michael, or is he? I mean, everybody assumes. Well, no, obviously, dude, because the girl was still alive, and so was the baby. So he was going after the baby. But he's not. Uh, is is he free of the curse though? No. The, he uh, just took the mask off to confuse and get away. I guess it's very confusing. It's very confusing. Uh, to me, it's very unclear. But it is. 
widely assumed, I think, that Loomis is now the leader of the cult and the caretaker of Michael. Caretaker of Michael. Work for it. Both. Yeah. <laughs> that's a hell of a promotion, dog. Holy shit. Uh, but so, and that's that's how the producers cut ends. The theatrical cut is a completely different story with the Man in Black. They cut out as much as the Man in Black and that whole storyline as they possibly can. They add a bunch of gore, which some of which I like. Um, I like I, I like the theatrical version way better. Yeah. In the theatrical version, uh, they they escape the ritual. They're running down the hallway, completely different scene, completely different Michael, completely different everything. And in this scene, you actually see Dr. Wynn die. In, in the producer's cut, we don't know how the man in black dies. We don't know what happens to him after this. All we know is that he's free of the curse and he can go do as he likes. He can become a fucking radio DJ. Well, Dr. Wynn is free to do as he pleases. Okay. And the villain wins at the end of that movie, which is fucking wild. Uh, but in this cut, the, the theatrical cut, you actually see the final moments. Not the final moments, but you know the death happened to the man in black because Michael fucking snaps and he traps Wynn and a bunch of the other doctors in this room with his strobe light going off using a half machete, half surgical instrument and just fucking kills Dr. Wynn. through the ditches and burn <laughs> through the witches. It is the most fucking was murder the, frenzy of Myers best. ever caught on The film. best. For sure. The best. Amazing. Badassness. Um, That's bestest. Confusing and, and weirdly filmed but still... I, it's the one time you see Michael go, Do you want to suck my cock with sucker? In the theatrical cut of the film, Paul Rudd stabs Michael with that green shit, beats him to death with a fucking, not to death, but he beats him to shit with a pipe. And then Loomis, again, yellow. in the same scene, Loomis escorts them to, to safety, <clears throat> and he says, I have some unfinished business. He goes back in, but this time, the movie ends, and, and you don't see what happens to Loomis, you just hear his screams, because at this point, unfortunately, when they went back to do these these reshoots, uh, Loomis had, had uh, Donald Pleasance had died in real life so yeah, that's all it. you do is you see Michael's mask and the needle laying there you know Michael's free you hear Loomis's screams unfortunately it does work for the uh, legacy of Dr. Loomis because I, I feel like because Donald Pleasance unfortunately did die in real life that they they were you could make the, uh, the the argument that Michael finally kills Dr. Loomis right like well, that happens off screen and that's what's going on that's why he's screaming and maybe the way, fact that he's Maybe, I always thought maybe as a kid, like, he's seeing what Michael looks like without the mask on for the first time. Like, he's like, holy shit, you're fucking ugly as fuck. God damn, I can't believe I went to bed with that shit. You look like baby, baby Ruth. And ultimately, what you get with the man in black is a cult leader who, depending on which film you watched, was either A, a member of the cult of Thorn, who was ready to be done with his duties. He just wanted to be out. Mm. He was trying to recruit. Duty. <laughs> Duty. He was, he was trying to recruit Loomis from the very get to take over his role, and mm. ultimately, he does get out and you don't find out what happened to him happens to him or B in the theatrical version uh, the man in black ends up being a member of the cult of Thorn who uh, the leader of the cult of Thorn again who wanted to harness Michael's unstoppable uh, power and study it and um, ends up getting fucking murdered to shit with a machete. Had the Man in Black never been inserted into Halloween 5, would we would ever have felt the need to reboot the franchise in H2O? Would we have felt the need to reboot the franchise in Halloween 2018? Probably. What would a Halloween 6 have looked like had they not had to do the Man in Black storyline? It could have just continued. You could have had a great film in there and it could have pivoted into uh, constant sequels for Michael. So really that one character choice really did change the future well, of Michael forever. And Halloween 5, yeah. yeah. I mean, because you, they could have been complete, they could have discontinued that whole scenario. Like, it wouldn't have made sense and be like, what What happened to the guy with the still-toed boots? Is he out making music now? Like, what's going on? <laughs> did he get in trouble for kicking that dog? But yeah, it would have just been another straight, you know, like slasher film, which I would have been fine with if they made that with uh, Halloween 6. But again, they did their best with Halloween 5 and 6, but really the cult of Thorn and the whole man in black only fits into two movies.
We love your fucking faces. If you're new to the channel, click that subscribe button and get some goddamn wham fit. But in the end, don't fucking forget. Kill for him, Danny.